Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us here at the Canon Hospice Health Hour. My name is Sue May. I'm your host. And our guest today in studio, in Dr. Henri Roca. Hello, Sue. So great to be here so for great, sure. So great to have you with us today. Uh, today we, we've decided... We're going to talk about, it's kind of a big topic. It's a big topic this year. Allergies. Mm -hmm. Gosh, there's so many different things that, the first thing I think about is the the white, the uh, yellow powdered coating that was on my car this morning. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Allergy City right now, even on the news in the morning. Imagine that coating your insides as well. And and, I mean, it's there. It's there. You're breathing it in. You're breathing it in. It's everywhere. And. Oh, gosh. Uh, you know, anybody who does have any... Uh... The miracle is not that people have allergic reactions. Mm-hmm. It's the people who somehow don't have allergic reactions. Yeah, that is a miracle. Why yeah. is it? Every time, you know, the weather changes, the pollen's everywhere, I'm sneezing, my eyes are watering. Some people have... No, there's no effect. What, what's the deal? Well, there's going to be some genetic contribution there, right? So some people just are not as um, internally twitchy, right? Mm-hmm. Internally irritated. And and then we get into our conversation of functional medicine right away because right. you say that everything ultimately contributes to everything else. So mm-hmm. the mistake is that um, thinking about allergy as a thing separate from everything else in the body. So if you happen to have a tendency for allergy, which may well be a genetic tendency about how the, our mast cells, which is a particular immune cell, how it works, right? Mm-hmm. There may be a tendency for that to release its components more easily than for other folks. But whether or not you have that, or whether or not you're resistant to that, it's also going to be about the kinds of things that you do that make it more likely that these cells are going to be reactionary. Right? So that is your overall allergic load. So if you're allergic to one thing, only one thing, and that's very rare, that's great. But what happens if you have other things that are giving your body some irritation? You know, it'll make it more likely that your body is irritated toward any other given thing very you, often. You know what I've always wondered? Why is it that you can, um, I'm just going to say oranges, you can eat oranges your whole life and then one day you eat an orange and you have an allergic reaction to it? I'm not going to know the answer to that. That is a question, mm-hmm. right? Why do allergies occur when previously like they had spontaneously, never they, they never, they didn't happen all of a sudden. You know, we can create a theory around that, mm-hmm. but I don't know that with research we know that answer. Most so, probably not. So you know, always we'll try to 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 let people know when we're theorizing about something. Mm-hmm. So the theory could well be that your body happens to be very susceptible in that moment. Now, maybe that means that you've had an infection. And that your body's immune cells have been focused on something else, mm-hmm. right? Maybe it means that there's just such a load of allergens that, that you know, it overwhelms 
your body's tendency to not react, to be tolerant. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's because you've been sick or you've had a diet change or you've had a lot of stress in your life and you are deficient of key enzymes and minerals and, and different kinds of vitamins. Maybe it means you don't have enough protein. Again, for those same reasons. So right. in other words, there is a weakened kind of a thing. Maybe it's because you've been extremely stressed and stress actually has an impact on these allergic reactions. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's a combination of all of those things. But once the body learns an allergic reaction, once the body learns that I have to react to this molecule coming from the outside, whatever that is, then the body tends to remember that. Mm -hmm. And very often that means that you will be reactive as you move into the future. Again, that level of reactivity may depend on many different circumstances, but there is still that tendency to be reactive. You know, one of the things that I hear a lot about, I um, um, have a lot of friends with you know, children and grandchildren, in the schools, uh, the big thing is the peanut allergy. Some, it's, it's, it's so prevalent that some schools don't even allow children to bring peanut butter sandwiches for lunch. Um, it's, it's that restrictive. Um, why, why would peanuts be such a huge, I mean, there, there's some allergies that we hear a lot about, and that's one of them. Well, it is amazing that peanuts are very restrictive, mm -hmm. right? More restrictive than we have with guns. Peanuts mm -hmm. are not allowed to be served on airplanes. No. Most of them. I was actually on an airplane the other day that allowed peanuts. Wow, I that's was surprised. unusual. It was. I was very surprised. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we also don't know exactly why peanut allergies exist more than they used to. Mm -hmm. It isn't, we don't think it's necessarily because of peanuts. The theory is that the aflatoxin, which is a fungus that lives on peanuts and the toxin that it creates mm -hmm. is actually the thing that people are reacting to. And once that reaction occurs, then it's sensitized. And, and you know, some people are like, God, don't feed peanuts to babies. Wait until they're older. But actually the data shows that you should. It should be the other way around. The other way around, yeah. especially through breastfeeding and through mom having some peanuts in small amounts. And then, you know, have the, the child be able to be exposed in that way. I mean, but why the poor little peanut? That's, I mean, that's something. We grew up eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I still love peanut butter and jelly. The fact that a kid can't even bring uh, something basic to school, no peanuts, no peanut butter, anything like that. You can't get them in schools anymore. Well, that's so that you can protect the kids yeah. who are highly allergic, yeah. right? And this is highly allergic. Yeah, I mean, it can be to the so point of anaphylactic. Anaphylactic this kind of allergy uh -huh. no no that is an immediate allergy right there right. are different kinds of allergic reactions oh, hypersensitivity reactions but this is you know the type one this is the immediate one there is mm -hmm. a there is a constellation of symptoms it can be in your nose right mm -hmm. rhinitis or the inflammation in your sinuses it right. can be an allergic sinusitis one thing to remember is if stuff comes out of your nose that's green or yellow that doesn't necessarily mean infection. Mm -hmm. That just means irritation. Irritation, right. Okay, so that can come out with an allergy that has no infection whatsoever. Please don't force your provider to give you antibiotics on please, the basis please, of please green no. or yellow um, nose droppings. Okay, so so don't, that that's not a compelling reason for antibiotics. So it can start up in the nose, in the sinuses. It can go on the uh, in the eye, in the conjunctiva, the mm -hmm. lining of the outside of the eye. 
Um, every time you have a red eye doesn't mean that you have pink eye no, that, that, that will keep you from interacting with folks, right? Mm-hmm. Pink eye, the, the, the bacterial piece, and that's really the one that you want to watch out for. Mm-hmm. The bacterial piece usually has some kind of pussiness to it, right? Yeah. It has some kind of discharge. If it's just dry, itchy eyes, red eyes, then you don't need antibiotic drops for that. Right. I mean, no. you know, you're going to use some kind of, of eye wash initially or some kind of a, of a non-steroidal drop usually mm-hmm. for that. So it can be related to the eyes, the nose, the sinuses. It can be an irritation in the mouth. Right. And that can be either a itchy kind of sensation or a little bit of a swelling kind of sensation mm-hmm. there. In the skin, it can show up as eczema or atopic dermatitis or just dry skin, dry, flaky, itchy skin. It can show up in the gut, right? I mean, anything that has a mucosal membrane can show up as being That's irritated true. by these things that are coming in, right? Because, you know, what the, the, these particles, whether they are pollen particles or whether they are mold spores or whether they happen to be pieces of roaches or dust mites or, you know, cat dander or dog dander, um, grass pollens, tree pollens. These are some of the common things. Those are very, right? yeah, very common, common things things. that people are, are allergic so to. So when you think about it, what is the largest surface that these things could be exposed to? I know, I know, I know. I know what go, it is. Sue, go. It's the skin. Nope. What? I thought it for sure was the skin. That's no, no. Lar- isn't it's that the, the lar- gut. The oh. gut has the, the gut largest out, surface area. Do you know that the gut surface area is the size of a doubles tennis court? No, it's If we unfold our gut, that's how big it is. Wow. Wow. Yeah, wow. That's 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 a that's a lot of big. It's a lot of big. A lot more than the skin. A lot more than the well, I guess it's a lot more than the skin. Okay, you you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> All right, you're back here listening to the Cannon Hospice Help Hour. My name is Sue May. I'm your host today talking with Dr. Henri Roca in studio. So exciting. And we're talking about allergies. Hate those allergies, Doc. And they can occur at any time of the year. Yeah. Right? Now is grass and pollen time. Well, well, now is like flower and tree pollen time. Uh, yeah. In the summer, it'll pollen, be grass everywhere, pollen Everywhere, every, everywhere. In the fall, it's mold pollen time. And so that is often how those things go. But in urban areas, do you know what the biggest allergen is? Mm-mm. Roaches. Gross. Roach pieces. Especially Maybe. in Ugh. very, you know. in Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. In, in our Angie, urban areas. Angie and I are both going blah. How, and, how, I mean, I have to ask, how can that be? I mean, just because there's there's so many of them? So many. I mean, roaches have existed for longer than almost any other thing alive on the planet. They are very, very resilient. But it's one of the main causes of um, asthma in inner city kids. 
because asthma is also can also be related to an allergic response. Yeah. It's called the allergic triad, right? And that's asthma, atopic dermatitis, and allergies. Asthma and dermatitis atopic are, dermatitis, are, are related, yeah. Mm-hmm. And allergies. They're all related. It all has to do with those mucosal linings. Right. Remember the mucosal linings are the linings in your ears, the linings of your eyes, in your nose, in your throat, all the way through your entire gut, the lining of all of your lungs, your skin, your joints. Wow. All of those are linings, are mucosal linings, and your GU tract. That means mm-hmm. your your kidneys and your urinary tract. All of that is the same tissue type. And so if you have symptoms in all of those places, right? Right. And and you can think of it like interstitial cystitis and irritable bowel syndrome and problems with um, eczema or psoriasis or mm-hmm. atopic dermatitis, um, asthma, different things with sinusitis or rhinitis or conjunctivitis. And people who've had these will know these words, oh, yeah. right? So you're like, okay, I know what that is. All of that can be related to the same thing. And if you have all of those different symptoms, well, you might be given a different medicine for each one of those symptoms because it's a different name of a different disease, but it's still the same sort of process, right? So all of those things that we've talked about are related by this immediate kind of hypersensitivity, which is when the specific cells of the body called mast cells um, release histamine. These are histamine responses, right? right? That's why we take antihistamines right. in order to treat allergies. Like That's Benadryl, the reason. Yeah. Like Benadryl. But there are natural antihistamines. Natural antihistamines. Natural antihistamines. Like what? what keeps the doctor away? An apple a day. The pectin is in the apple skin. Ah. So pectin. That's my favorite part of the apple. Pectin, yeah. When you when you give kids apples, give them the skin. That's the yeah, good part. That's right? the good that's part. That's the good part. Tastes better. So so that idea of pectin that can help with allergies. Wow. Absolutely. And then um, this thing called quercetin. Quercetin is also in the skin of different fruits, hmm. and that can help work to sort of stabilize some of these cells, mast cell stabilizers. Mm-hmm. So things like bromelian and quercetin and pectin can be very helpful for allergies. And there is um, other things or things like nettles. Nettles can also be very helpful. And, and you know, the stinging nettles are unpleasant to wander into. So it's better to get, in my view, the um, powdered nettles. Mm-hmm. But there are products, and the, my favorite one is called Dehist, that actually can help with allergies. It's my go-to thing, dehist. Dehist. Yeah. You can get that in a lot of different places. If not, the Radiant Health Apothecary has it, mm-hmm. but um, you can look that up on the web. But it's a pretty common thing that you and, can and get. What, and what is dehist? What? It's a series of botanicals. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so this is a natural way, natural way. To, to work with it. Now, very often, you know, people will take the antihistamine with a decongestant. Not good for most folks, especially if you have blood pressure problems, if you have um, urine flow problems, if you have problems with you know, constipation, those kinds of things, it can be very drying. It can increase the blood pressure, um, cause problems with sleep and even anxiety in people who are prone to that. Sure. So it's not something we generally suggest because it also dries things up, but it doesn't make it go away. 
it takes it from being this liquid runny thing to to being sort of the the mortar when you're putting bricks on a wall <laughs> it's going to make it really really thick and gooey and you know just just tenacious mm-hmm. and that means you're going to do a lot of coughing and yeah. you're going to get tiny little pieces that come out because you've made this thick and tenacious it is sticking to the to those you know, to the places in your nose and your throat, et cetera, it's sticking to it, Mm -hmm. okay, because the medication has caused it to do that. So the dehis doesn't do that as much. But whenever that's the issue, then you use something like mucinex, which is Mm -hmm. N-acetylcysteine. And N-acetylcysteine is a supplement. That's all it is. And what it does is it helps to break up those adhesions, those, those biofilms, as it were, and it helps to loosen that so that you can cough it out or get it out of your system. So that's how you deal with those, with that kind of reaction, yeah. right? Now, that kind of reaction is different than a contact dermatitis. It's different than the kind of reaction that you have to toxins from, um, from poison ivy, mm-hmm. something like that. It's a totally different mechanism. Could the, uh, the, the exposure to things like poison ivy ultimately create anaphylaxis? It's very unusual. Very, very unusual. Exposure to pollen, much more possible, right? right. But, um, but very unusual. Now, for that, the body has to go through a much more complicated set of interactions. It's a whole different cell type that actually contributes to that. So generally, you have time to get it away from your skin mm-hmm. before there's a reaction. So if you get exposed to things like um, poison oak, poison ivy, then you have about a half hour with soap and water to wash it off. And it's unlikely that you're going to get a reaction. But once you get a reaction, that could lead to other reactions, even independent of the original exposure. So in other words, if you have it on your skin and you get those blisters and you get a reaction and you scratch it because it'll be very itchy, then, and you touch some other place in the body, you can spread it. Yeah. Right? So it's a totally different kind of, um, of, of interaction and you actually have time. You know, when we're talking about the first kind of allergy to pollen and stuff, it's mm-hmm. also a good idea to keep nasal spray, just regular ocean mm-hmm. mist, and to not just spray it. Just spraying it keeps the nasal mucosa healthy so it's less likely to be reactive. But to use a nasal flush yeah. within a half hour of coming inside, that may mean if you're outside a lot, you're flushing a lot. But you have some time to get those particles away from the mucosal surfaces so that you don't have this reaction. You know? you know, we've talked about using like the neti pot mm-hmm. that a, a lot of people have an neti aversion to. Mm-hmm. It's a great way to do it. But if you do have an aversion to it, they've actually come out now with uh, an aerosol that does like the neti pot does. And I've, that's, that's what I've been using because I can't deal with a neti pot personally. I just can't do well, it. But it's a nasal flush. But it's a nasal flush. But it makes it easy because you... You just insert it into your nose and you press the button and it flushes your sinuses. It comes out the other nostril. Yeah, and, and it, it happens quick. And, and it happens <laughs> quick. And it, after, it's, after you do it, it feels so good. Yeah, you're not playing chicken with yourself no. to see if you're going to do it in time. No, and, no? and so it's kind of cool because if you did have an aversion to, you know, the positioning and all with the neti pot, now that it's, they do it in the aerosol, it, it makes it just a little bit easier, you know. And it's, so, it's, it's just saline. I want to talk about mold just a bit 
because here we live in New Orleans, and you Bold know, city. if if viruses love China to reproduce and produce new novel viruses, because there's so many people who are doing so many things over there, mm-hmm. then molds would love South Louisiana. Oh, absolutely! Right, because we are moist all the time, and we just grow mold. Mm-hmm. I mean. I don't know that this is true, but I imagine that the first thing that all New Orleanians get when they take their first breath is some kind of mold spore <laughs> in their sinuses. That's so probably. it's just, and we learn to be tolerant of it in general because we're exposed to it so much. So our body's like, okay, that's usual. We don't have to react. And But, you know, a lot of people say their problems are due to mold. And sometimes that's true. This idea of black mold, black mold, black mold and it's a big thing in real estate. Not everything that is black is black mold. It's much more likely for that to be mildew, which you generally can smell, right? Yeah. And, you know, everybody who's been through any kind of storm knows the smell of mildew. And we've all... You know, we have noses like dogs when it comes to identifying (laughs) mildew. I could walk in any building and I'm like going to sniff around. It's like, so you have a water problem someplace. Let me find it for you, right? We can all do that. We have that skill. But that is not going to damage your health. No. Being able to smell that, being able to, to you know, to have mildew around us is not black mold. So when you're evaluating for mold, it's actually pretty complicated. So there's much more mold outside most houses than inside. Mm-hmm. So whenever you're doing a mold evaluation, you have to look at outside and inside and you compare the two. It's only generally a problem when there's higher levels inside than outside. But you also have to look at all the spores, and, and then we'll talk about more how to, how to do this evaluation in all a right. minute. That sounds great. All right, you're back here listening to the Canon Hospice Health Hour. My name is Sue. I'm your host, and my guest today is Dr. Henri Roca. And we're sitting here talking today about allergies. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about mold. Mold, mold, mold. mold. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. So, you know, I I entertain mold as something that may be causative, but I don't ever go there first. Mm-hmm. I mean, it have to be a real compelling history for me to go there first. Yeah. So we talked about having to sample the outside and the inside. Mm-hmm. But when you do the sample, it's not just an air sample that you would take, right? So you have to take an active air sample, suck the air in, and then you take it for so much time and you look at how many mold spores are on the filter, both outside and inside, and mm-hmm. compare it. You should also do tape samples to see what is actually lying on a surface. Oh, wow. Outside and inside. Mm-hmm. And you compare it. That 
alone is not sufficient to look for mold toxins, mycotoxins. That assessment that we just described, air sample and tape sample, Mm -hmm. is sufficient if we want to look for allergies because that is just about a total irritative load. Okay, But if we want to look for mycotoxins, then we actually have to grow those spores. You have to see if they are viable. Mm -hmm. Just because there are spores doesn't mean they will ever grow any mold. And the spores themselves won't produce the toxin. But they can be the source of irritation. It's much more common for someone to have an allergy to mold than to actually have mycotoxin. So once you get those spores, you got to grow them. And these are the ones really from the inside of the house. You got to grow them and see if they will grow. Very often they won't grow. So who 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 does that kind of thing? They're mold testing companies. Mold testing companies, yeah, yeah. There are. Um, and yeah. So uh, so that's one thing. And then you have to see if the mold that is grown from the spores produce toxins. Because most of the molds grown from most of the spores will just be regular mold. Mm-hmm. And they won't produce toxin. So those are all things that you could do. Then you can go through a very specialized test, which is quite expensive and never covered by insurance, to see whether or not you have any traces of the toxin in your body. Wow. Right? So to evaluate for mold is a straightforward thing, but is not an inexpensive thing, and it takes several steps. It's much more common for people to have a regular type 1 allergy, just Mm -hmm. like to pollen or to dog or cat dander, to mold. It's much more common for that. But these are all environmental things. These are all environmental. Secondarily, if mold can grow from the spores, you can get mold balls in your sinus and in your lungs. That is much, much, much less common, but possible, right? Mm -hmm. So usually a CT or x-ray will show that. Um, And then third would be to suffer from a mycotoxin disease. That is possible. It does happen. It is something we need to think of. It is not just in people's heads, but there is a way through which we think of it, right? So, I mean, it's just important to know. Mm -hmm. If you are allergic to mold, there is a thing called hypersensitivity pneumonitis. The medical field loves to have big words to talk about. Yes, that's a big one. It makes us really think that we're very, very smart. (laughs) And so, but what this means is that it can be so irritative to your lungs that it can cause scarring. Oh, wow. And when it causes scarring, it can change how your lungs function. Mm -hmm. So it is not a benign thing necessarily, though often it is. So that's just, you know, mold is a big issue out there. And so many folks are very willing to say, oh, you have a mold problem. Mm -hmm. And I, I need to identify a mold problem before I treat a person as if they have it. There are few good things to do for a person who has mycotoxin challenges. Um, it's a long process of trying to get the body to excrete those things. Right. And it's a process of working to kill off any mold and all of those medications have consequences. It's a really big piece of work for the individual patient. So um, it's not something we volunteer for unless there's a compelling reason. And what, when would someone actually um, have to be tested for that? I mean, what would what would be happening in them to when, make you say, as, as their doctor, I really think we need to test for the mold? For you? When the history is indicating it, 
and when everything else has been excluded. Gotcha. So it would not be most usually, not always the case, but most usually it would not be the first thing that we would go for. Um, it would usually be the last thing we go for wow. because of the complexity of testing for it. Mm-hmm. Um, unless there was a compelling reason that, that, that um, led us there. And mm-hmm. the compelling reason would be I was doing so fine. There was you know, a water leak in the house. And, and literally from that point on, my health changed. Right. Now, a lot of people create stories, not because they do it on purpose, but just because, you know, it makes sense. So this is their story. So you really have to ask the question many different ways about what was going on before that change in mm-hmm. health status. Mm-hmm. Was it truly only the fact that your house had a leak or were there actually other things that had been happening? Sure. And this isn't the first time that it happened and it came and it went, it came and it went, it came and it went. And then this happened and it seemed to be worse afterwards. You know, is this a seeming thing or is this truly a potential cause and effect? So, you know, the the history needs to be very compelling. You know, Doug, many times when people have a lot of allergies, one of the things that they will do is the scratch test where they actually, you know, make little scratches either on your arm or on your back and put little pieces of uh, little drops of different serums Mm-hmm. And of course, they catalog what they're doing to see possibly what your reactions are. What do they do that with both mold? They do. You can you can have that test, an IgE test mm-hmm. for mold. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. That would be, of course, that would be an easier course than some of maybe the other things that you know could be done. But still, but remember, most people, mm-hmm. many people, will have mold allergies because that is the predominant allergy of fall and winter, mm-hmm. because that's when they generally grow. In the fall and winter. You know, but you would think they say sometimes, even though you're allergic to something, if you have constant exposure to it, that you, the allergy could actually go away. So for the, it's, it is possible that you can be desensitized Mm -hmm. to things. So yes, the desensitization is something, it it, uh, involves very, very small exposures over a period of time. Mm-hmm. So you don't get desensitized by doing large exposures. If you do large exposures, that's where your sensitivity tends to increase. Yeah, to heighten. Even yeah. if it's intermittent large exposures, right? So mm-hmm. that, you know, one bee just causes you to itch and then it happens again and it causes, you know, a big swelling on your arm and then it happens again and more of your arm swells and then it happens again and you can't breathe. Right, right. right? So, so you don't, it, that, that is not desensitization to bees. That would be a very, very, very small amount every so many minutes or half hours or hours over the course of sometimes days mm-hmm. in order to, to train your body. Now, however, for some things when it's, okay, I'm going to step back and say you can have this kind of allergic reaction that can cause anaphylaxis to a food. You can be allergic so that if you eat a food, peanuts, um, whatever, tomatoes, strawberries, Mm -hmm. whatever, fish, fish is common, uh, that you could develop this anaphylaxis, right? You can go into this allergic shock where Mm -hmm. you need epinephrine, the shot, right? Right. So that is one type of thing that can happen with food. Another type of thing that can happen with food is called a um, type 2 
allergic reaction, which is mediated by a different set of antibodies. They aren't IgE antibodies, which are immediate. Mm -hmm. They are slower. They're IgM or IgG antibodies. And these are all molecules that a certain kind of immune cell produces Mm -hmm. in order to protect the body. And the body is amazing. It can produce these antibodies to almost any natural substance on the planet. Wow. And we are made with that kind of resilience. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah. We've evolved with all these substances so we can make antidotes, as it were, to these substances. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes, though, those antidotes um, to the substances uh, don't just attach to the substance and get out of the body. Sometimes those antidotes look like other parts of the body, right? They, they attach to other parts of the body. So, so that, for example, this happens a lot in gluten sensitivity, mm-hmm. not a wheat allergy. You can have a wheat allergy where you eat wheat and you become anaphylactic. That's one reaction to wheat that you can have. Another reaction to wheat that you can have is, you know, when these molecules get into the body and the body's like, you know, we're not supposed to be seeing you. You're supposed to be more broken down, right? You're supposed to be a smaller piece, a smaller molecule. We're not used to this big molecule. So we're going to produce an antibody to that big molecule. The idea would be that this antibody and this big molecule is identified by other cells who can eat it and break it down or take it out of the body. It's like, this needs to be cleared. That's what the antibodies message. This challenge, this irritant needs to be cleared. Okay. We'll talk more about that process in the next segment. Right. That sounds great. All right. You're back here listening to the Canon hospice health hour and talking more about sugar. Sugar. Sugar, honey. Sugar. That's it, Angie. Sugar. We got to stay away from that sugar. We do. And even with allergies, we do. But we were talking about foods before the break. And so so it's really important because food allergies are a big issue. Mm -hmm. They are. So you can have an immediate hypersensitivity anaphylactic reaction to food. Right, that causes epinephrine to have to be administered, mm-hmm. and you can't breathe. Mm-hmm. That is one reaction to food. But when people talk about food allergies in general, they're talking about food sensitivities, something that can build over time. Right, and it's related to this reaction in the body to the body's response to the food, and that can cross react, which is why sensitivities to gluten, which comes from wheat mm-hmm. and other kinds of wheat grains, barley, rye, etc., um, or from casein that comes from dairy. And remember, both of these things are food additives, so they're all over the place. Why sensitivities to those foods can irritate and affect your thyroid and oh, wow. cause you to have thyroid problems or cause you to have arthritis or contribute to neurological problems or in kids' behavioral challenges. All of those things are a result of the sensitivity to of a person to these food substances. Mm-hmm. And it may be because of the load of the food substances, so much gluten or dairy in the diet or whatever else, corn or, or soy or whatever. Um, or it may be because the gut isn't working well and these molecules are crossing over in ways they shouldn't cross over. 
Is that is that things too like when uh, you become lactose intolerant? Is that an allergy or? Well, no. Lactose intolerance has to do with an enzyme that breaks down lactose in the gut, and and that can certainly happen. Mm-hmm. Um, this is about the proteins in dairy casein, mm-hmm. and so that that is where this kind of concept comes into play. Now, for some people who have reflux or who have gastritis or who have esophagitis. They'll say eosinophilic esophagitis. Whenever the word eosinophil is used, that generally means allergy. That means that the body is using its allergy cells to react to something. Whenever that happens within the GI tract, think about food and think about removing food. So very often eosinophilic um, esophagitis can be dealt with with food elimination as well as many, many folks with reflux or with general gastritis, um, or even things like inf- uh, uh, irritative, uh, why can't I think of it? Irritable, irritable, irritable bowel, bowel syndrome. syndrome. Thank you very much. <laughs> My IBSs and IBDs were getting confused. <laughs> so yes, those kinds of things. And it's about getting that out of the diet. Mm-hmm. Now sometimes the gut can heal when it's rested from those irritative and inflammatory insults, those mm-hmm. foods. And then you can go back and have a little bit of it and no problem. And sometimes the sensitization lasts and you really can't have those anymore. Right. And you get to make that own, your own choice when you reintroduce them and see how you feel. Mm-hmm. But it can dramatically change a person's overall health. And very often it's something that you can try to do. But you really need to be 100% for ideally six months, right? Every mm-hmm. About every three months, it decreases by half that load of antibody in the body. Now, we were talking at break about the difference between, for for medications, the difference Mm -hmm. between an allergy and a side effect. Yes, different worlds there. Different worlds, totally different worlds. And and we we allow the language to get muddy, Mm -hmm. right? So (laughs) this is a problem with muddy language. It is totally different worlds. Very often, and any medication can cause an allergy. Any chemical can cause an allergy. Any chemical. And we live in a chemical world. Some of them are medications we Mm -hmm. put into our body on purpose. Some of them are things that we use on our skin um, for personal hygiene, as flame retardants, as pesticides. Every chemical that comes into our body, we can conceivably develop an allergic reaction to that can be life threatening. Mm-hmm. You know, when we think about antibiotics, that can start off as a rash or as an irritation in the gastrointestinal system, but that can end up to a place where you swell and you can't speak and you can't breathe, and that's anaphylaxis, mm-hmm. right? That's the emergency. You have to go to the emergency room, you get a shot, or you keep your EpiPen with you. Yes, if people are extremely prone to certain allergies, things that are very common in the environment or in their lives, you know, that is when they are usually given an EpiPen to carry with them. That is, but that doesn't increase the chances that you will be allergic to medication. No. So you can be allergic to other stuff requiring an EpiPen, and it doesn't mean you're going to be more allergic to medication. Well, the EpiPen is more environmental allergies, wouldn't you say? No, it's for anything that's that's keeping you from breathing. Okay. So, And those can be, those can be insect stings, which is a different kind of allergic reaction than the environmental stuff we were talking about, right? So those can be medications or any chemicals. Mm -hmm. You can have an allergy to food dye. 
Yeah, definitely. Or food dye can cause a toxic reaction. You can have an allergy to pesticides, which often happens when when you know you're eating something and you're allergic one time but not again. It's mm-hmm. something on the fruit on the food. Yeah. or the vegetable as opposed to what's in the fruit or vegetable. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um and you can have a toxic reaction to the pesticides. Pesticides can damage your mitochondria. So you can have an allergy to them and there can be damage. For medications, you can have an allergy to them and there can be damage. And the damage from medications we call side effects. And side effects of what you would, when you um, get a new medication, you're trying to read about it or something. Or, of course, the pharmacies now give you a whole flyer on each medication to explain to you what those medications are. Pharmacies have become uh, required to provide uh, educational, you know, information about the medicine. Um, when you start looking at those things, there's always uh, a list a mile long of the possible side effects of the medication and these are not allergies to the medication side effects they'll talk about you know causing anemia or or causing gastrointestinal upset or causing diarrhea or constipation Mm -hmm. or causing cancer causing different infectious diseases i mean the list can be very long and then they'll usually end up or death death. that's the last one yeah or death and these i mean these these pieces of information are um things that are developed when they're testing the medicine before they can get the final FDA approval. This has yes. to be all cataloged and ready to go to supply the information to the patients that are receiving this medication so that they can read what the side effects will be of the medicine and take make the decision whether or not they want to take it. That's exactly right. And if there's a high incidence, a high number of people who would have life-threatening allergic reactions to the medicine, they don't license it. They, no. It's not allowed it into happen. the public. Doesn't it doesn't mean that it may not happen to you as an individual, but mm-hmm. if the FDA allows the medication to come into the public, it would be very unlikely that um, it would ever be taken off because of allergic reactions. However, it can be eventually taken off because we find out with more people, there are more side effects, mm-hmm. right? Even though the study was big to begin with, when thousands and hundreds of thousands of people start using the medicine and the number of people who are affected by significant side effects increases, then they can take it off the market or cause uh, or place what's called the black box warning, which says this is a really big issue. Really, really think about it seriously. So those two things are different, very different. Don't you always wonder who are the people that are having to go through all this testing to <laughs> get all of these symptoms for all these uh, different medications? Uh, people who volunteer. Really? Right? It used to be you didn't volunteer. It used to be this was done to you, right? But in the, in, I guess it was the 70s and 80s or maybe 80s, where the whole consent process, this isn't very long ago, the mm-hmm. consent process came into being which means that nobody could give you something that they didn't know, they didn't reasonably know what was going to happen without your consenting to be part of that experiment. Well, that's that's very interesting. I always wonder who the people are who volunteer. I guess they get paid maybe to even do it. That, that's, a, that's another subject. But, well, you know, or they want access to a therapy because they ah, would true. like to, to experience it or they have run out of other options and they're like, well, I'll That's take something my chances. new. I'll try it and see what happens Let's to me. Let's see if I get the active ingredient instead of the placebo. Well, I think we, we've covered as much as we possibly could in an hour about allergies. Uh, we might even have to do this again, but uh, thank you so much for being here with us today, Dr. Rocco. You're welcome. I'd just like to remind people I'll be seeing patients on May 7th here in New Orleans at Health Arts.
And you can contact Dr. Roca by? By emailing askdrroca at um, gmail.com or by um, going to my website, drhenryroca.com. All right. We want to thank our listeners in Baton Rouge, New Orleans, and the Mississippi Gulf Coast. We love having you here with us. We'll be back this same time next week. Until then, take care. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.